What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We are coming at you with a mock draft podcast today. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, family? What's up, everyone? So, uh, like I said, today we, uh, Steve and I just went through, did a mock draft really quick, and we are going to uh, basically just analyze our picks, what we were thinking about at that point. We did it on ESPN, so it wasn't one where we invited you know, people from like Fantasy Life app or, you know, some of the people that, you know, friends or people we know. So we're not really going to break down every team the way we have and, you know, normally do and give grades out and stuff like that. We're just going to go pick by pick. And then when we get to our selection, I pick number five, Steve pick number 10. So when we get to our selections, we'll basically just give you an idea of what we were thinking and, um, you know, go from there. Oh, yeah. Um. Before that, dude, have you ever – first off, is Jalen Hurts getting traded? <laughs> like, I mean, the dude is jumping around on the field 15, 10 minutes before the game looking fine, and then all of a sudden he has a stomach infection. Yeah, I know. It's it's <laughs> very skeptical to a lot of people in this area. I will tell you that very right now. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, especially – I thought something was going on the other day. So, what was it, yesterday or the day before? Um, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. Cause they I, were saying Jalen Hurts is looking great in, in camp and all that. Or well, like they with- were, not only were they saying that, but they were also talking about Deshaun Watson, and they were saying that the FBI is investigating, yeah. you know, the girls for, uh, what is it? Um, uh-huh. uh, oh, shoot. Um, I just had it in my head, and it. Uh, yeah, it's not long. I keep extortion. Thinking extortion. extortion. I keep thinking laundering, but I'm like, it's not laundering. It's no. not extortion. So, um, I don't know how that's going to work out, and I don't know what's going on with the extortion, you know, findings or you know what's going on with that. Nobody knows, obviously, but uh, I think maybe teams are thinking like, hey, maybe he might get away with it, or I don't know. I don't know what the guy did. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've read, like, you know, what he's accused of and all that other stuff, but now they're bringing in, you know, new information. So I was like, maybe Deshaun Watson's coming to Philly. Like, maybe Philly's starting to feel more comfortable. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like you said, you know, he's jumping around the field. He's playing around. He's joking with guys on the sideline. Now, all of a sudden, he got a stomach bug. Like, mm, yeah. it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It's 100% weird. And, and, you know, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen with Watson. I mean, I, even if every, you know, I, I don't think every incident that Watson is accused of is going to get overlooked. Yeah. It is some sort of extortion, but no, you know, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, they just, you know, had basically uh, Darius Geis just got, you know, a six game suspension for his, his, you know, situation at LSU. Uh, even though nobody really wants to pick up Darius Geis, he's you know a free agent on the wire. Yeah, he's not going to get picked up. I he's probably his NFL career is probably over uh, before it even really got started. Probably. But they were basically making comparisons to Deshaun Watson, and that you know he could be looking at a six game suspension. And I think you know if you're a team like Philly, who you know, we don't really know what their goal is heading into this year i mean if you're if you you know who knows what you're gonna have to give up for watson yeah so 
you know, if you're giving up two two firsts, a second, and Jalen Hurts for Watson, you're still going to have that first round pick. So, you know, if that first round pick is your pick that you're going to keep, and Watson's not going to play for six games, maybe you just kind of you know take it easy for the season, gain a, a, a top ten pick in the draft, and for next year. Uh, you know, and keep it moving that way, or maybe you just think that you can go three and three and bring Watson back and your playoff, you know, compete for the playoffs, especially in the division they're in. So, you I'll know, tell you I, what. So, I, you know, I was thinking this after that Pittsburgh game. Their defense, you know, and obviously Pittsburgh didn't start, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, their offensive line still trying to learn how to gel together. So, you know, I guess that's not a very good barometer, but. The Eagles' defense looked very good, right? Not yesterday. <laughs> no, not yesterday. But in that uh, first, damn sure didn't look good yesterday. They got no. trashed yesterday. Yeah. I mean, they got put in bad positions because after that first drive where the snap goes over Flacco's head, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was kind of ugly. But you know, the defense. I mean, you just don't really even know what this defense is going to look like. Exactly. You know, uh, you've got players not playing still and things of that. So I mean, who knows? So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think, like, it would it be crazy? I mean, I want to look at the, the Eagles' schedule, too. But would it be crazy if they went, you know, even no. two and four and Deshaun Watson came in, you know, after the six-game suspension? Like, he's – I think he's a good enough quarterback to – Well, that's the thing. He may not even be suspended this year. Like, this yeah. might be a suspension for next year, you know, exactly. or, or – and if he even gets suspended. I mean, I'm, I'm almost certain he's going to get some form of suspension. But – you know, you might be able to get to Sean Watson for this whole season because this stuff, supposedly this whole, if he's dragging this out and taking it to court, that's not till February. So he's yeah. able to, he's going to be able to, to play this season because the NFL doesn't, uh, you know, they're not going to punish him until twice. after the court cases are done, are done. Yeah. They're not going to so punish him twice. See, yeah. They want to see the extent of what happens. So in order to do that, you have to wait till the court cases are done. So if Deshaun Watson plays this whole season, I mean, he's not obviously not playing for Houston. Houston isn't he? They aren't letting him practice. He's in quote unquote injured and not injured. It's just weird how this, you know, the whole situation is going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if Philly if Philly was to trade for him, Miami, if one of these teams were to trade for him and and you know throw him out there, like you know they may get him for a whole season and. You know, they may be able to it definitely boost up whatever team gets them because they're obviously looking for a top five quarterback, you know? Yep, I agree. Um, Yeah, so like I was saying, I like, I think if the Eagles, I think if the Eagles were to trade for him, then that would be, you know, they would be, they'd definitely be a much better team. So we'll see what happens with that. But real quick, what did you think about, about Cam yesterday, like, did you watch Cam play too? Or did um, you just watch. Did you watch any highlights no, or? No, I watched. The, I watched the whole first half or yeah. whatever. Um, what did you I think thought Cam, Cam? I thought Cam played excellent. I thought Cam played excellent too. I was gonna and, say I thought he had very good zip on his passes. Um, you know, probably the best I've seen him throw because he really didn't throw that well in the first game. Yeah. Um, uh, for first preseason game. Um, I thought he threw a lot better. I think that, you know. Yeah, after the first preseason game, I think people started to, th- I think people started to think that maybe Cam could get replaced 
a lot quicker by Mac Jones than what originally was anticipated. Um, you know, I don't think New England wants to do that. And I think looking at this game, it's kind of clear that Cam is going to be the starter until they're just out of playoff contention and Mac is, you know, needs to kind of be developed a little bit, but because he was kind of just a check down Charlie in this game. Yeah. Um, they ran all of the ball a ton when he was in there, they really didn't give him a chance to really shine. And, you know, Cam was just, he was destroying, he destroyed the Eagles defense. Yeah. I, and the other one I wanted to talk about Ramondre Stevenson. What did, what did you, did, what did you think of that? Like, dude, I mean, it's hard. It was hard to say. And the, re- the reason I say this is because every running back on, pay- on New England looked eating. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not, you know, the Ramondre Stevenson has a lot of love right now because he had that 91 yard touchdown. But guess what, dude? JJ Taylor was making motherfuckers, making dudes yeah. look crazy. Yeah, yeah, he, like, he did. Like, JJ Taylor, like, Sony Michelle was ripping off five, 10 yard runs every time. Like, you know, Damian Harris, he, he didn't. He didn't have the best start, but he was the one who scored the touchdown, you know, to open the game. Like yeah. so, everybody was just eating off this Eagles defense. So it's really hard to gauge how how each player was. I will say that that dude runs hard. He, he runs does. hard. He does. You know what I mean? He, he runs really hard does. with power. He carried a pile for about four or five yards on one play. I remember specifically because I was like, damn, he's he's. He's running hard through this this defense. Yeah, the only thing I, that you know, I thought after he had that interception, you know, like or not interception, fumble. You know, I mean, he had that fumble that he lost. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick does not take kindly to especially rookies fumbling, no. and it's not the preseason. It doesn't matter whether it's the preseason or, or in you know, in the regular season. He does not like when you put the ball on the ground. Like he uh, he's gonna. He's definitely going to hear about that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, but I like the way he looked. I it, for for what I thought this this Patriots offense was going to look like. I thought they were going to do a little bit more, you know, Cam bootlegs and things like that. And that's not really the way they played. Like Cam was sitting in the pocket making good throws. I mean, they ran out. You know, they ran out of I formation. Like they they did a lot of things that I was like, damn, I'm. I like this looks like a regular NFL offense. It's not gadgety. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, and obviously it's the preseason, but, you know, if Cam is going to be throwing like the way he did yesterday, I don't know, man. I think this Patriots team might be actually pretty good. I mean, we've been saying, we've said for a while that the Patriots could be a playoff team. I mean, we, yeah. you know, like, you know, Miami, obviously, uh, you know, obviously Miami has, is a team that's kind of on the rise. If Tua can wind up, you know, being who everybody thought Tua was going to be coming into the to the, you know, into the league, mm-hmm. you know, Miami is going to be a, is going to be a playoff team. No. Buffalo ain't going nowhere. Yeah, no. So, like, you're basically looking at you know New England fighting for that last wild card spot. Maybe they're fighting with Miami, uh, but you know, I definitely think that they have the ability to. I mean, we. I can, I do think that they're going to implement more of what a little bit of what they did last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's just going to be like Cam's never going to have called runs for him and things like that because it's such a huge part of Cam's identity. You know, when they are, you know, when he's on offense, like you take advantage of that skill set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but. 
like you said, that offense yesterday, mixing that kind of stuff, mixing those those gadget, you know, read option, you know, cam, you know, running on the outside type of plays in, like that that thing's going to be that that offense is going to be pretty good. I don't want to say great, but it's going to be sustainable. Their defense is going to be good. They're going to be in playoff contention and Let's not act like Cam can't finish as like an RB or a QB one. Yeah. Like let's not act like that's not that's if not this a possibility. If, yeah, he was he was quarterback sixteen last year and he played terrible. He was terrible. terrible. <laughs> he was quarterback sixteen. Yeah. All he has to do is throw throw the ball a lot better and he's he's a QB one. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I can't. I can't. You know, there's not really anything that I can really you know add because I I 100 percent agree. All right, so let's get into this mock draft. Um, we'll start in the first round. Remember, I said I had pick five. Steve had picked ten. Yep. So the first round went as is: Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. I came up. Uh, obviously, the choices here. You're looking. You know, for me, uh, I was looking at. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, those three guys are in my ranks, you know, where I would go. And my number five running back, uh, who I have ahead of Henry and Jones, is Ezekiel Elliott. So I took Elliott. Uh, You know, I just think that I really don't have to justify this pick. I think (laughs) that you're in in those top seven running backs. I think any of those top seven running backs are worth, you know, it's all a matter of opinion with those guys. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. I think that McCaffrey and Cook should be one too. But after that, I kind of think it's just opinion based. If you want to draft Aaron Jones at three, feel free. Like it's not like Aaron Jones doesn't have that ability. If he get if everybody's so scared of AJ Dillon, let's say Aaron Jones has like seventy five percent of the workload. Would it be crazy if he finished number three? Absolutely not. So you know. It's, I, I think after McCaffrey and Cook, it becomes like a, an opinion. And, you know, where I fell in this opinion, I took Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, so sir. after I took Elliott, went Travis Kelsey at six, Devontae Adams at seven, Austin Eckler at eight, Derek Henry at nine. So Derek Henry goes behind Austin Eckler, as does Aaron Jones, who Steve took with the 10th pick. Uh, what were you thinking there, Steve? I know that's you know you're extremely high on Jones this year. Yeah, I was happy with that. You know, what I mean, like really, when it got to that pick, I seen Derrick Henry falling, and I told Kev, I said, "Man, I said, you know what's crazy? I said if Derrick Henry gets back to me here, I'm still not going to take him." And you know, had he fallen to me there, I was higher on Aaron Jones, and I was higher on Tyreek Hill because I think I have both of those guys ahead of. And head up Derrick Henry now uh, in my you know top 150 rankings. Um, I it's not that you know this is my thing. It's not the it's not that I don't like Henry. I think Henry is a beast. I think he's a freak. You know, you know whatever whatever uh, you know adjective you want to put in front of what you think Derrick Henry is. You know the dude is awesome. There's nothing you know I mean like there's no nothing bad I can say. My biggest issue is unless he runs for a you know, he was the third best running back in PPR last season after having a 2,000-yard season. He had a 2,000-yard mm-hmm. season and double-digit touchdowns rushing. Like, 
I just don't see how that's repeatable. Like, I, I could see him getting 1,500 yards this year, and I could see him even getting to 10 touchdowns. But mm-hmm. it's just not going to be enough points to keep him in that top five, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he needs to catch the ball 40 times or th- at least 35 times, you know, with those numbers to be a top five guy. And, he, and we know he's not going to do that. He's not going to catch the ball 35 times. So, you know, that's why I have Aaron Jones ahead of him. So, you know, I get Aaron Jones there. You know, Tyreek Hill is there. I know Jonathan Taylor is another guy that people are, you know, high on. But, you know, for me, you know, I feel very safe that Aaron Jones could be a 70-target running back. Uh, you know, or 70 targets, 70 reception running back. I mean, of all years that he could get to 70 receptions, uh, you know, I think this could be the year. So, you know, if he gets close to that, you know I mean, let's say he gets to 60, which is kind of close to where he normally is, you know, he's going to be as good as he normally is. And if he gets to 70, he's going to – he's got the possibility of being a top five guy. So, you know, that's why I took him where I took him. Yeah, the thing with Henry, I mean, you got to think about is like, like Steve just said, you know, last year he was the number three running back in PPR. He had 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns. If he has 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns, that is an amazing season. Yep. But his receiving output is just going to drop him so much further down when it compares to these other running backs that. It's going to be kind of hard for him to match, you know, what he where he wound up finishing last year at number three. I mean, you're, you're probably going to drop in the six, seven, eight, which is, you know, kind of where he was being drafted before last season. Um, I think he was like probably the, the number eight player off the board last year uh, in the first round. So, you know, it's not that he's not a first round running back, but it's hard to. I feel like it's hard to count on Henry this year in PPR because I think they're also going to pass more. So if his rushing goes down and they're throwing the ball more, you know, it's just I think that this could be a year Derrick Henry, uh, I don't want to say, you know, struggles, but, you know, he could get knocked down a little bit uh, in PPR, you know, could definitely hurt him. Well, this is the other thing. Like, I don't think a lot of people really even think about when they talk, talk about like last year's numbers. We had no Saquon Barkley. We yep. had no Christian McCaffrey. We had yep. a banged up Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's possibility it that if if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt and that offensive line stays the same, before before that happened, Zeke was the number four running back in fantasy football, and Derrick Henry yep. wasn't even in the top five at that point. Yep. So if those three things don't happen, Derrick Henry might be even after scoring a two thousand yard season, is a possibility he could still be out of the top. You know. Maybe a top five guy, not a top three guy. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. that's a two thousand yard season and seventeen touchdowns. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yep. Like, if Absolutely. you, yeah, if you had said to me that Derrick Henry was going to score, you know, seventeen touchdowns and have two thousand yards last season, I would have told you he'd probably be the number one guy, right? Yep. But he finished number three. <laughs> so without McCaffrey and Barkley ex- and banged up Zeke yeah no it's 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 crazy guys it really I mean I think you got to take that into account you really do yep so we'll finish out the first round with two last two picks uh 11 was Jonathan Taylor 12 was Tyreek Hill uh so now we started round two it went Nick Chubb Stefan Diggs now Steve is on the clock uh you want to break down your pick here yes so 
I was kind of thinking here. I took Joe Mixon, right? I was looking at DK Metcalf. I was also looking at Najee Harris, uh, and I was looking at DeAndre Hopkins, right? Or not DK Metcalf. I'm sorry, uh, AJ Brown. You know what I mean? So I was looking at those guys, and I was thinking to myself, do I take the running back who I have ranked higher than those guys, or do I just get a solid, you know, wide receiver finish start my draft off running back wide receiver? And continue it that way. Um, I went with Joe Mixon simply for the fact that I kind of, I am not as high on Najee as everybody else is. I think Najee's going to get a whole boatload of touches, but I don't know how many scoring situations the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be in that Ben is not going to be throwing touchdowns. I know Najee has the, the ability to catch balls and run them in for touchdowns, um, but... I just think that the Bengals offense is right now much, I don't want to say much better than Pittsburgh, but I I feel like if Joe Burrow is ready to go, I think they probably score more points than Pittsburgh just because, you know, Pittsburgh is going to rely on, on Najee to run the ball a little bit more to keep Ben healthy as where I think the Cincinnati Bengals you know, are going to be relying on throwing and, you know, getting Joe Mixon the ball out of the backfield. I, I could just see Joe Mixon getting more scoring opportunities because I think they get similar workloads, right? And that's kind of why I went with Joe Mixon. But I really was thinking about taking, you know, the wide receiver there. I was going to go A.J., but I was like, oh, man, A.J., DeAndre, you know what? I, you know, there's still a lot of wide receivers left that I'll be able to get in the third round. I'll I'll just wait, and that's why I ended up going the way I did. Yep, I don't think I don't have a problem with mixing there. I mean, I personally would have went Najee Harris probably uh, because of my ranks. I have uh, Harris at one spot ahead of mixing, but you know, either way, I think that both of those guys could be 300 touchbacks, and you know. That's kind of what you want in, you know, especially like you look at these guys as this is, these are your RB2s with where you're drafting. Yep. Now, your second art running back is a potential 300-touch guy that could finish as an RB1, and your team has two RB1s. I mean, you're really starting you're starting off on a good foot there. Yep. All right, so after Joe Mixon went, it went DK Metcalf, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, and then it came to me. And this one was pretty easy for me. Um, I went with Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I just talked about We just did this podcast two days ago, and I talked about how my mind had just completely been changed on Ridley. I've never been the highest Calvin Ridley guy until I started seeing, you know, this guy's volume without, you know, Julio Jones and, I just think with that kind of volume, it's almost impossible for him to finish outside of, you know, you know, a top 10 wide receiver, um, you know, and, and I think it gives him the ability to finish as a top three wide receiver. So, you know, to me, uh, it was kind of easy there. I think this this spot for me after Ridley is kind of where I just go, you know, I, I don't really like it, to be honest with you, I because I, so. After Ridley, it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, David Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. Like, I don't like C.E.H. there. I don't like Montgomery in the second round. A.J. Brown's a good one. I can I can live with that. 
Justin Jefferson, I can even live with that. Uh, but I just don't like some of these guys that are like I probably would go Keenan Allen. You know what I mean? I have Keenan Allen. I think is my as my next wide receiver after Ridley. But I hate that spot. Like after you know, once you get into this, you know, last four picks of of the second round, because to me. Every guy you take there is like a third round pick, from in, in my opinion. You know, like AJ Brown might be the only one that's like a second round pick from that, that can that I'm justifying as a second round. Even though I have Keenan higher, I have Terry higher, I even have Jefferson higher. I think those guys are more third round picks. AJ Brown is probably a second round pick off of his potential. You know, a lot of people like the only reason I have him lower is because you know, of Julio being there, but you know, uh, I just don't like that. The, those last four picks of the second round, you're just like, ugh. I, I, I think they're all third round picks. Yeah. I, I think we differ a little bit on the wide receivers at the end there. Like I agree with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and David Montgomery. I, I, you know, I would not probably be taking those. I, I honestly think after, after Ridley at 20, they should all be run wide receivers. You know, yeah, I, I that I 100% agree with. Yeah. You know, I, I the you know I am high. Swift is my next running back in my rankings after Mixon. So the last running back was Najee Harris before Ceh. My next running back there would would be DeAndre Swift, and I'm not even taking Swift in the second round. Like so, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's all. I mean, unless you want to go tight end, if you want to draft Waller or Kittle at the end of that second round, I see nothing wrong with that at all. Yep. But I agree, like wide receivers or those two tight ends got to be those picks at the end of the second round. Yep. So um, the third round, I actually like the third round. The third round in this draft actually went kind of crazy. I'll read off the third round, Kev. Go ahead. You're going to have to read off the rest because my phone just died. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So in the third round, you had J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Swift, Allen Robinson to Kevin, uh, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, C.D. Lamb, excuse me, uh, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Robert Woods, and Darrell Henderson, which is – this is what I was talking about, Kev. This is what I was telling you. This dude, uh-huh. this fucking guy's moving up into the third round round of drafts bro like this is not like uncommon i've seen this a lot lately daryl henderson yeah, getting into the third that's crazy bro that don't yes. even make no sense um so let's talk about this round um okay well, well let, let's just talk about what you did so deandre swift went right in front of you so obviously the guy you wanted in the third round went so after that happened you know kind of what was your thought process here because i know you know well, i was talking to you i know you were talking about chris carson stuff like that well, yeah, and I kind of screwed it up, in my opinion, because, you know, I always talk about going tight end, uh, you know, getting one of those tight ends. And I probably, if I really slowed it down, I probably would have grabbed one of those guys, probably Waller. But uh, I, you know, wasn't really paying attention to them. <laughs> I get they're, they're on ESPN. They're just really a little bit further down. Uh, yeah, they were in like that, the 40s almost. I was like, I think Waller was 39, and I think Kittle was 41 or something in the ranks. They yeah. were like a lot lower. I mean, if you were looking at the all around overall players, 
You know, they weren't in the first scroll. You like you had to scroll past the first set of scroll guys. a little bit down. So yeah. I was looking. I just basically was looking at Robinson and Carson, and just Robinson's safety is a whole lot better for me to go with in that point because. You know, you're looking at a guy who can finish, a, you know, I think in Carson, I think Carson could be an RB1. I don't think that's crazy. But at the same time, Carson's health risk is just, we know what it is. It's it's every year this guy's going to miss two, three, four games. And, you know, I, you know, I just think that the safe pick and probably the better pick was Allen Robinson. So I wound up going with Allen Robinson there and solidified, you know, my two wide receivers to go with Ezekiel Elliott. And I really liked how I'm going to get into my team because I, I love my team, but you know, I love how this has turned out because now I got Ridley Robinson. I get two of my, you know, top 10 receivers to go along with my top five running back. Yep. Uh, so for me, um, Obviously, I took Darren Waller. Um, I was actually happier than a pig in shit when George Kittle went right before him. Um, you know, I was the 34th overall pick. Darren Waller, you know, fell to me there. I was very happy. Um, there's not really much too much, too much more to add. Like, really where I picked, CeeDee Lamb went before him, Chris Carson, George Kittle. Then Darren Waller fell to me, and it was Robert Woods, Darrell Henderson. So... Um, my pro- thought process was basically I'm going to take the second best tight end in fantasy football here and be happy with it at the end of the third round, which is, you know, predominantly not where he's going because I've done a lot of mock drafts and this is probably one of the later, you know, I don't do a whole lot on ESPN anymore just because, you know, there's a lot of auto drafting that goes on on ESPN. So it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's like really until like week three of the preseason is when people start really, you know, you can get up to like round 10 before people start dipping out. Um, but, you know, people just dip out really early in these in these mocks most of the time. So, you know, Darren Waller getting Tim that late was, you know, pretty exciting for me. In round four, uh, Cooper Cup went, which was a bitch. Like, I really wanted Cooper Cup there. You guys know how high I am when we did the wide receivers rankings on Cooper Cup, and I was kind of pissed he went there. But Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Kenny Julio went to me. Kenny Galladay, which was super early, like fourth round for Kenny Galladay. That's that's a that's a high yeah. That was pick. not an auto draft. No, uh, that was a dude. You were looking at Man. it, and I, somebody's really high. It must be a Giants fan. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Real high on Kenny, and it's not. Hey, if you're that high on Kenny, cool. But you could have got him two rounds later. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's going in the seventh in most drafts. Like take another player there and wait two rounds and, and take him a one round early, not three rounds early. Taking him three rounds early is just kind of crazy. Uh, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Adam Thielen, Patrick Mahomes, Kev, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Travis Etienne, and Tyler Lockett. Um, okay, so I'll explain from my point of view. Um, so here I was actually thinking about taking Josh Jacobs, and I'll be honest. Um, but I thought to myself, if I don't take a wide receiver here, the wide receiver I'm going to get in the fifth round is not a number one guy. It's not a guy that has a possibility of not being a number one guy, in my opinion. Uh, because I kind of thought that Tyler Lockett wouldn't fall back to me. Uh, and then after Tyler Lockett, really the only guy that I saw on the board that I was like, eh, could be, could end up being a number one is DJ Moore, and I knew he wouldn't fall back to me. So my thought process was, 
If I don't take a wide receiver here that has the possibility of being a number one, um, I'm probably not going to get one. So I ended up taking Julio Jones. Um, you know, and like I said, Amari Cooper went after him, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen. Um, you know, after that, it was Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, and Tyler Lockett. To me, of all those guys, you guys heard my rankings. You know, Tyler Lockett to me is the guy that I thought, you know, might fall back to me in the next round. But, you know, he obviously didn't. He went a lot earlier than I had expected. Uh, so, you know, taking Julio there was kind of the thought process of if he stays healthy for 17 weeks, I can almost guarantee you that Julio is going to be a top 12 wide receiver. The problem is I can't guarantee you he's going to be healthy for 12 weeks. So that's my thought process taking Julio. Yeah, so when it came to me, uh, I was sitting there looking at Mahomes, and I was like, I've been telling – I told everybody, like, round mid-round three is where I think I would take Mahomes. Um, he was sitting there, like, end around mid-round four, end around four, just like ESPN's got him really low. Yeah. Um, compared to other – like, I've, I use, you know, Sleeper, I use – uh, CBS. I use RotoWire. My the draft kit that I use uh, that I have. Um, you know, I, I've used uh, Fantasy Pros, Fantasy Football Calc. I use all the. I've done mock drafts on all these, and Mahomes doesn't make it past the third round. So, you know, when I'm on ESPN, I see Patrick Mahomes sitting there at the in the middle to the end of the fourth. I jumped all over it, and that's pretty much what I got. You know, I he's my number one quarterback. He's insane. The best quarterback in the league. I don't care if he finishes there because I know that Mahomes is super safe. And, you know, regardless, if, unless the only thing stopping Mahomes from being you know, a top five quarterback is injury. That's the only thing that's stopping him from being a top five quarterback. And, you know, getting him in the fourth round, I'm almost guaranteed to have a top five quarterback. Yes, sir. All right. So round five went Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, DJ Moore. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Mark Andrews, Chase Edmonds, Cortland Sutton, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase, Javante Adams, or Williams, excuse me, Javante Williams, and Odell Beckham Jr. So when it came back to me, Mark Andrews was actually going to be my pick in the fourth round, and then I saw Mahomes sitting there. So when it came back to me and Mark Andrews was sitting there, I think it was a no-brainer that I was grabbing Andrews because, like I said, I, I like to have one of those top tight ends. Um, for me, it's a class of four. I want, you know, and Andrews is the fourth guy. Um, to me, it doesn't matter, you know, he's going lower, but he has the upside to, you know, finish with the rest of that pack. I don't think his gap um, – you know, I don't think the gap is that big between Waller, Kittle, and Andrews. You know, I think last year was a little bit of a rough year for, you know, Lamar, and that made it a little rougher for Andrews. Plus, I think he was banged up a little bit in the beginning of the year, started to get healthy towards the end, score a lot of touchdowns, which he's going to do a lot of. Um, and I'm not really worried about the wide receivers as good as they, you know, as good as we think that these wide receivers are going to be. You know, Sammy Watkins, we know what he is. Marquise Brown is still Hollywood. You know, if we're counting on Rashad Bateman to take a ton of targets away from Mark Andrews, I just don't see that really being the case just because we know the connection that Mark Andrews has with with Lamar Jackson. So, 
you know, to me, you know, getting my now number four tight end, and I'm sitting there with my number one quarterback, my number five running back, two top 10 wide receivers, and my number four tight end. I could not have started this draft off better if I tried. <laughs> I hear that. All right. So for me, please let this happen in one of my money leagues. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? So for me, uh, this was a round that I kind of got screwed. All the guys that I wanted basically went, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, the three guys that I was looking at in this round at wide receiver to solidify my wide receiver two went right before I picked. So, Cortland Sutton went, T. Higgins went, Chase Claypool went. And literally, it was bang, bang, bang. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I wanted T. Higgins that whole time. And, you know, he goes. I was like, okay, well, if Cortland, you know. Cortland Sutton went. That sucks. You know, hopefully I get, you know, Chase Claypool with this next pick. And literally right before I pick him, he gets taken. And I was like, damn. Yeah. So uh, I started looking at the guys and I said, you know what? Like Jerry Judy's still there. Um, you know, Devonta Smith is still there. Juju's still there. You know, there was there was some, a couple of guys that I was like, okay, you know, I like these guys that are here. But, you know, Chase of all the guys that I looked at, I thought, probably has the 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 most upside you know i think he's gonna start the season off slow just because you know after missing a year of football it's really hard to just jump into the season and be amazing but i think after week four or five you know him getting in the routine of doing football things and playing games and you know running around and getting tackled and all that stuff you know that second nature stuff just kind of kicks in and, you know, that's when guys kick off. So I thought to myself, all right, I'll take Chase here, and then I'll just take best available wide receiver. And I got really lucky because Javante Williams and Odell Beckham went after that. Uh, and in the next round, uh, round six, it was Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith. Jerry Judy went to me, obviously. TJ Hawkinson, Pitts, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Davis, my, uh, Robbie Anderson, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Miles Gaskin and Brandon Cooks. So Kev takes Mike Davis. Uh, I'll just talk about Jerry Judy for a second. Uh, with that pick, I was excited to get Jerry Judy because to me, of all the teams in the NFL that I want at least one of the wide receivers in these mid rounds, you know, round six or seven, five, late five, you know, I want one of those two Broncos guys because. I feel like the quarterback competition looks really good. These guys are going according to what you know you're seeing in practice. These guys are going at it because both of them wants to be the starter. And you know, iron sharpens iron. Like when two guys are really going at it, and they really want the fucking job, like they normally play better. Like, and I know that these are not two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but they're trying to one up each other in every practice, and that only is going to make them better. So. You know, this is a team that I feel like you can get a very high number two wide receiver, regardless to what guy you take, regardless to whether you take Sutton or you take, you know, uh, Jerry Judy. And you're hoping that both of these guys, you know, see a bunch of targets this year, because I think by far they're the best wide receivers on that team. So, you know, it's going to be one of those deals. And then yeah, Kiff. I, I agree really quick uh, on that, too, because you got to think like Drew Locke, he knows if he plays bad, he's coming out. It's yep. a wrap. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, he's doing a he's going to be on a very short leash. I think that 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of that game managing type of quarterback with this defense that could probably keep them in a playoff hunt. So I don't think they're going to sit there, you know, if they're one three and Drew Locke is playing horrible and just be like, hey, it's Drew's job. Nah, I think event, I think it's going to be a quick leash uh, on a very short leash on on Drew Locke if he starts playing bad. So and he and I'm pretty sure he knows that mm-hmm. you don't go out and get one of the better backups in the NFL. You know, if you're planning on just riding with your starting quarterback, no matter what what the the outcome is, you know, they they. This team has a ton of talent around it. The only thing it's missing is that quarterback position. And in, if Drew Locke can't, you know, can't can't be successful, then I think they're going to go to Teddy really quick. And we're going to know early, you know, we're going to know it early in the season. We're, they're not going to wait until their team is just completely out of playoff contention. Yep, I agree. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, Mike Davis and why you took him here? Um, I thought this was a great spot for Mike Davis. I mean, Mike Davis, for me, I have him ranked at 19. Um, usually you see Mike Davis, man. He's going in like the fourth round, you know, somewhere around there. Uh, sitting here in the sixth, I mean, I was kind of surprised. There was a couple guys. There was Mike Davis. There was Miles Gaskin um, both sitting there. I talked to you guys the other day about Miles Gaskin. If he dipped into the – you know, sixth and seventh round, I thought it would still be a value because I think he's the best running back on their team. And even, you know, Brian Flores came out the next day and said Miles is basically their guy. Uh, so it could be coach speak. You know, we obviously didn't see that in, in the preseason in week one. But, you know, Brian Flores is, is basically came out and was like, yeah, Miles is our guy and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I just went with Mike Davis because – there isn't really a lot of skepticism on who is the guy in Atlanta. You know, they brought him in here. They didn't bring anybody else in. They're riding with Quadri Allison as their backup who couldn't beat out Bryant Kelly or, uh, you know, Ito Smith for, for any kind of work last year. So, you know, unless Allison got a ton better, like I just don't think they're going any different direction than Mike Davis this year, unless they have to. So, you know, to me, I just thought that was a great pick, a guy that could possibly touch the ball 250 to 275 times in this offense. Um, you know, I, I will say that's the one thing that when I look at my team I didn't like was that I had two Falcons because I don't think the Falcons are going to be very good and I don't necessarily want two players. You know, I don't necessarily want two players on that team, but I do think their offense will be okay. Um and they might be in a lot of high scoring games, which would be great for, you know, great for Calvin Ridley and Mike Davis in fantasy. So, you know, to me, um, you know, I have two of my top, you know, I, I went now have an, a top 20 running back to go with my top five running back, you know, and we'll get into the seventh round and my, my, my pick in the seventh round and my thoughts there. But I really, like I said, I really love how my team wound up in this draft. Yep. All right. So. Uh, the seventh round went James Robinson, Logan Thomas, Kareem Hunt, Will Fuller, Michael Thomas to Kevin, uh, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, LaVisca Chenault, Damian Harris, uh, Ryan Tannehill to me, uh, Noah Fant, and DJ Chark. So, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, so, I, <laughs> so looking at my team, I thought I had the perfect team to take Michael Thomas here. Because I feel like my team was just very good. So I just felt like taking Michael Thomas was a chance to just basically set it over the top. 
You know what I mean? If if this guy comes back and you know he's recovering fast from what they're talk, saying, and you know if this guy's able to come back before their bye week in week six, and we don't have to wait till week seven, maybe he comes back week four, something like that. Like if he's missing three games, you know what I mean? Like I'm glad to get Michael Thomas in the seventh round if he's only missing three games. Like if you recall, Le'Veon Bell was like a second round pick, you know, three years ago when he was suspended for three games. You know what I mean? I'm getting Michael Thomas, who's a first-round wide receiver. I'm getting him in the in the seventh round, you know, because people think that he's going to miss all this time. If he gets back early, him, Robinson, and Ridley as my receivers <laughs> to go with to go with, with Mahomes, Andrews, and Zeke. Like my RB two position is literally all I'm worried about at that point, literally. Mm-hmm. And I have Mike Davis. And, you know, other guys that I drafted we'll get into, but – and I think Mike Davis is a top 24 guy. So, like, man, I just love how my team went in this draft. I can't say it anymore. And, yeah, th- this was the perfect start. Yep. So, uh, the only thing I'll add with Michael Thomas is I think the reason he's going here and why he's going – he's actually even going later I've seen in drafts is – you know, as a Michael Thomas owner last year, we heard the same things. Oh, uh, he's doing, he's progressing yeah. great. He looks good. He's going to be back sooner than later. And then eight games later, you're like, where the fuck is Michael Thomas? And then he finally gets back in. He has, you know, that really good game against the Eagles. And you're like, okay, Michael Thomas is back. And then two weeks later, the fucking guy gets hurt again. And he's out for the rest, basically the rest of the season. Like he fucked a lot of people last year, kind of like Joe yep. Mixon did. And yep. I think that's why he's, you know, he's having, he's getting that moniker that, you know, fuck you, Michael Thomas. You know, people are pissed off at him. So they're like, yeah. fuck you, Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? So I think that has a lot to do with what's going on. But I like that pick there because I was going to take Michael Thomas if he had fallen to me there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I said it to Kev. I was like, hey, where the fuck is Michael Thomas? And he was like, I just took I just him. Took him. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I agree. I, you know, I mean, Michael Thomas, I think he's getting a lot more hate than he should be because, you know, even if he does miss that time, you know, he's clearly the number one for this team. Like, it's not close. And I don't think this is a season ender injury. Uh, you know, I was listening to what podcast? It wasn't a podcast. It might have been on ESPN. They had a doctor they were talking to. Uh, that was talking about his injury and, you know, talking about the surgery and how, you know, kind of straightforward it is and blah, 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 you know, and he was basically saying how, Hey, you know, this is an injury that, you know, basically Michael Thomas had surgery on before and he's basically having resurgery to clean things up and, you know, try to try to rectify the, the issue that he's having. And, you know, as long as he feels good on it, then he's, you know, it's not, he's not too worried about his recovery time and he could be back on the field playing, you know, similar to Lee to how he's always played. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. But in the meantime, I took Ryan Tannehill in this seventh round. Um, so this was my thought process. All the good quarterbacks had basically gone. And, you know, Justin Herbert had gone behind him. If you guys listen to our ranks, you know, our QB ranks podcast, I have Justin Herbert behind him. I have Dak Prescott behind him. I have, you know, Tom Brady Matthew Stafford or basically, you know, and Joe Burrow to round out the top 12 or my top 12. Um, so I have Tannehill at seven. And I saw some of the guys that are behind him in my ranks go already. And I knew it was about to be time where, you know, he was getting ready to go. And I thought to myself, if I don't take him here, I might miss out on him. 
uh, especially because the two teams were, you know, directly in front of me uh, did not have – well, one of them didn't have a quarterback. I think one took Lamar Jackson. But uh, I believe one of them did not have a quarterback. So I was like, all right, well, let me take the quarterback I like here before it gets sniped off me. And I took Ryan Tannehill. So uh, Noah Fant and DJ Chark go behind me, which I was cool with. Um, and then – let me see here. In round eight, it went Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Trey Sermon to me, uh, Raheem Mostert literally right after, Tom Brady, Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel, uh, Melvin Gordon, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Leonard Fournette, and Evan Ingram. So, all right, so I took Trey Sermon here. Uh, I actually took Trey Sermon here for two reasons. One, he had a bad showing last week in the 49ers preseason game, which actually made me a little bit happy because since then he has been dropping into the eighth round. You know, he was going basically like middle of the seventh. I seen him sometimes going the sixth round with people that were reaching way crazy on him. But normally he's going right around the middle of the seventh round. And since that game, he's dropped into the eighth round, which I love. You know what I mean? To get the guy that I think is going to end up being the starter. And it's real simple to me. Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy. Like, we saw it last year. Raheem Mostert, when he's on the field, he's awesome. But as soon as he gets hurt, you know, they basically just move away from him. That's what they did last year. Like, he had that great two games in the beginning of the season. And that Jets game week two, he got hurt. You know, the next time he came back, he split work. Then, you know, there was that one game, I think, in like week five, where he was predominantly the guy and got banged up again. And then after that, the rest of the season, he was basically a committee back. He he never got another extended role as the starter. So if he gets hurt, <laughs> which is kind of why they have him in bubble wrap right now, if you watch in the preseason, he didn't even play in the first preseason game. You know, everybody else did, all the other starters did, except Raheem Mostert. They're trying to keep him in bubble wrap. So, yep. you know, to me, an injury, I don't want to say it's, like, inevitable, but I f- like it just feels to me like it's inevitable. That he's going to get hurt, and if Trace and Trey Sermon is not the pillar of health either. I mean, the guy gets hurt as well. But if I can get Trey a, a possible starting rookie running back for a team that moved up to get the guy, like it had the 49ers not moved up to go get Trey Sermon, then maybe I feel a little bit differently about Trey Sermon. But I feel like they There's moved up. Yeah, oh. yeah, they moved up to go get this guy. Like they feel like he could be their number one guy. You know for you know, many years. So if I can get that guy in the eighth round, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do that every time. Uh, so when he came to me, I took Melvin Gordon. Everything you're hearing, Melvin Gordon's working with the ones. I know Javante Williams looked very good in his first preseason game. Uh, but Melvin Gordon's still their starter. He came back from the, uh, uh, I think it was a hamstring or uh, don't think it was a groin, right? It was a hamstring. Yeah, with a I, th- yeah, it was, I think it was hamstring. I'm pretty sure it was something, right. but he came back. He practiced this week. Obviously he saw how good Javante Williams played and said, I better get my ass out there. And, you know, he was the first guy to take, take reps with the starters and practice this week. So we'll have to see how, you know, if he plays this week in the preseason, if he, you know, um, if he does play, you know what he's doing with the first team. But I think Melvin Gordon is basically the the RB one with this team until he loses the job. And you know, early in the season, with me having Michael Thomas as my quote unquote flex at this point, I feel like I'll be safe starting Melvin Gordon until 
you know, Michael Thomas gets back. Cause I think until that point, Melvin Gordon will be the starter getting the ball, getting 20 touches a game. So if I got three running backs getting 20 touches a game, even if Melvin Gordon eventually loses his job in week six, guess what? Michael Thomas is probably coming back after their bye week and I'll be able to throw him in the flex spot or, you know, whatever I may do there. But, you know, to me, I thought Gordon was the perfect, uh, perfect guy is, you know, kind of my running back three because, you know, this guy might be the, he might be their running back for the whole year and they might just kind of, you know, let Javante kind of get a little bit of work in, but keep him on the shelf until next year when they're able to get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, line him up next to Aaron Rodgers with those weapons. Yep. All right, so round nine, we'll actually go until round 12, and then after that, we'll just read off just the draft. Talk, I'll read off our teams. Yeah, and talk about picks that we liked in later in those later, later rounds. All right, so round nine, we have Jalen Waddle, Zach Moss, Henry Ruggs, Marquise Brown, Antonio Brown to Kevin, uh, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones Jr., Matthew Stafford, uh, Michael Carter to me, uh, Mike Williams and Robert Tyen. So go ahead, Kev, with uh, why you took Antonio Brown in the ninth round, which is a no-brainer. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I've basically been talking to you guys about it for you know last six weeks of last season. You know, these targets between these three Bucks Road wide receivers were very tight. Um, and if these guys are going to get similar work, Antonio's the guy I want in the ninth round because I think his value there is just better than you know, say Mike Evans in the fifth or fourth or. Godwin in the third or fourth. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking with Antonio Brown. Looking at my team now, <sighs> I may have taken Michael Carter. Uh, you know, I was looking at Carter. He was, I just thought there was a chance because of where ESPN had him ranked that he might get back to me in round 10. Like, even when Steve took him, he was like literally like, you know, 12, 13 picks down. Like, it was, it was a good chance I thought he would get back to me. Uh, obviously he didn't, but you know, knowing what I know now, I probably would have taken Michael Carter just so I could solidify my running back group a little bit more because, you know, there's still receivers that I could have gotten after that for, for depth. Yep. And like Kev said, I took Michael Carter. Um, I thought of all the running backs that were left, Michael Carter had most upside. Yeah. The <laughs> most upside. Basically. He had the guy, he's the guy that, you know, they're saying is the starter and, you know, I know people were complaining about his touches last week, but you know, every from everything that's coming out of Jess Campus, he's the he's the starter. He's you know, uh, to me, I think he's by far the best pass catcher of that group. Um, you know, so I like the guy. I said, you know what, I'll take him here, and hopefully he turns into what I think he could be for this Jets team, and that'll that'll be nice in the tenth or the ninth. Yep. All right, so the 10th round went Jalen Rager, Cole Beasley, Paris Campbell to me, uh, Kenyon Drake, Mike Gusecki, Janu Smith, A.J. Dillon, uh, Ronald Jones to Kev, Irv Smith Jr., James Conner, Steelers defense, and T.Y. Hilton. All right, real Steve quick. Steve had to grab a team with uh, Paris Campbell but, but, yes, because real. any draft that me and Steve are in together, I snipe Paris Campbell before yeah, he yeah. gets a chance to grab him. Every time. <laughs> every time so the one pick i do really want to talk about in this round other than obviously my paris campbell pick is the steelers defense like guys listen please and that's that was a pick that wasn't yeah, even an auto that was not an auto draft. that was a pick i just want to say this to you guys because this happens every year and it's going to happen in your home league please do not be that team 
that goes in the 10th round or the I've even seen some teams go as high as the eighth round to take a defense because guess what I promise you I am better than you <laughs> at picking out defenses that are going to score a lot of fantasy points and I can't do this like I can't do this I can't pick a team and say I 100% guarantee they are going to end the number one defense and for you to take a team in the eighth ninth tenth eleventh round 12th round, 13th round of a fantasy football draft means you know for a fucking fact that they are going to be the number one defense. And I promise you, you do not know that. You do not know that whatever defense you take is going to be the number one. People told me for years, fucking the Jaguars. Oh, man. The, the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks, the Jaguars. Like these fucking teams that had the the Browns from a couple years. I mean, the uh, Bears from a couple years ago that scored a fucking thousand touchdowns. And yep. people were telling me the next year, they're going to be the number one defense. I'm taking them as early as possible. And guess what? They, they gave it to you like a horse with no lube. That's what they did. They, they, they screwed you every possible way they could because you thought they were going to be the number one defense. So if you listen to anything I say to you uh, while listening to these fantasy football podcasts, do not be the fucking team that takes a defense before everyone else because I promise you, you are going to regret it. Unless it's in round 15 and nobody's taking a defense yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do not be the guy who reaches on defense because I promise you when that happens, not only are your friends pointing and laughing at you, but you're going to feel real dumb if they don't finish number one because you went, you went way early, way, way, way early. And if you took any though, anybody went before you that from round 10 on that becomes a superstar, you're going to be real pissed off. You didn't even attempt to get that guy because you wanted to take your defense stupid early. Yep. All right. So, uh, you know, Paris Campbell, you know, you took him there. Um, we, we basically have, I think we've beaten Paris Campbell into the ground with our feelings about him. So you don't really need to go any further with that one, dude. So, I so I talked to you just now about Michael Carter and and probably if I was picking you know the round before I would have taken Carter because I wanted to solidify my running back depth. Well, in the tenth round I got a guy who finishes number twenty running back in PPR last year. Um, I know everybody seems to be down on Ronald Jones. He's kind of like the forgotten man in that backfield because of the way the playoffs went and adding Gio Bernard, knowing Gio is going to be their passing down guy because, you know, let's face it, Jones and Leonard Fournette can't catch for shit. So, you know, I still think like they're running, you know, their their carries are basically going to be split. You know, maybe Fournette has a little bit more. But, you know, I have Fournette ranked higher. But you know, right now, apparently, Ronald Jones is still working, you know, pretty heavily with Fournette as they're in the starting group. So to get a guy there in the 10th round that, you know, if Fournette goes down at all, I got, you know, the lead running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> in the 10th round. Like, same round my man grabbed his defense in. <laughs> like, yo, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, that's and cool. like I said, it just adds to that running back depth a little bit. Yes, sir. All right, so round 11, I'm just going to read the round and then we'll, you know, quickly talk about our our player that we took. Trevor Lawrence, 
uh, Darnell Mooney, Philip Lindsay, Jamal Williams, Nicole Hardman, Dekev, Devontae Parker, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, uh, Naeem Hines, Devin Singletary to me, David Johnson, and Joe Burrow. All right, Kev. So quick- I would have taken Lindsay or Jamal Williams if they fell back to me, but um, both of them went right before I picked, so I wound up going with my – you know, receiver that I had ranked highest at the time, and that was McCole Hardman. And, you know, hopefully he breaks out and, you know, can finish as a top 30 receiver if he's given the opportunity to be the wide receiver two for Kansas City. Yep. And then I took uh, Devin Singletary. Honestly, you know, I thought he looked good in the preseason game the other night. Uh, Moss just got back to practice. Uh, so we will see what kind of work share they get in this preseason game. Um and I figured, hey, worst comes to worst, Devin Singletary, you know, Devin Singletary splits work or maybe gets a little bit less of the running work. But if I'm being honest, I know a lot of people are like super excited about Moss because of how, you know, how the snap shares went at the end of last season. But if I'm being honest, I just think Devin Singletary is a better running back. Like I watch a lot of the Bills games. And things that Devin Singletary does, Zach Moss kind of doesn't do. Like, Devin Singletary is patient. Devin Singletary is basically just as fast as Zach Moss. So it's not like they have a huge difference in speed or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Really just watching the Bills play football, I think Devin Singletary is a better running back. Like, I, with my eyeballs, to me, you know, from what I've seen, you know, I know Devin Singletary broke a lot of people's hearts because they thought he was going to be very good last year and whatever. But a lot of the reasons why the Bills running game was not good was not because of these two running backs. It wasn't Devin Singletary's fault that his offensive line fucking was terrible in some games last year. Like the dude had nowhere to run. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, it, you know, watch those games and tell me that you you thought that it was Devin Singletary's fault. Why they you know why he was bad in the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, I, you know I mean? I, I took him there cause I figured, you know what? I'm getting a maybe 40% of the bills, you know, running back touches. So I'll take that in the, you know, 11th round. All right. So 12th round, we got Elijah Moore, Jacob, uh, Jacoby Myers, which I actually liked that pick after watching the game yesterday, Tony Pollard, Michael Pittman, uh, Nelson Aguilar, J.D. McKissick, James White, Gus Edwards, Malcolm Brown, Latavius Murray, uh, Russell Gage, and Harris Butker. Another fucking guy takes a kicker in the 12th. Um, so, okay, why don't you talk about Gus Edwards real quickly, and I will touch on – I don't have much to say about Tony Pollard, which is why uh, – I mean, Tony Pollard yeah, is a – if he I think gets both hurt, these I, guys- I'm good. Yeah, I think both of these guys are just running back depth for us. You know, like you said, Zeke gets hurt, you're you're good. Yep. If J.K. Dobbins gets hurt, I'm good. So it's just more like running back depth. Uh, but, you know, Pollard may not get as much work as what Edwards is going to get on a game-by-game basis. You know, I think Edwards is going to be still pretty heavily used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like I said, they're both just running back depth pieces. Yep, at that point I just looked for the upside. I said, you know, if if – Zeke gets hurt, I would probably, you know, take the upside of Tony Pollard here. All right, so the next round, round 13, was Randall Cobb, A.J. Green, Eric Ebron, Alexander Madison, Marquise Callaway, Rob Gunkowski, Tua Tungavailoa, Matt Ryan, the Bucks defense, Rondell Moore, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jamison Crowder. 
Uh, I'll just go real quick, Kev, because I have about four things to say about Rondell Moore, and that's about it. Rondell Moore is fucking awesome. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot of, you know, they kind of let the cat out of the bag early in the preseason with how they're going to use him. So I do think Moore could be very valuable, a possible, you know, sleeper even as a rookie. Um, so I went Marcus Callaway. Um mainly because I think he's Michael Thomas until Michael Thomas gets back. If you watch that first game, he was getting peppered a little bit, uh, especially with Taysom Hill out there. Um, I'm assuming it'll be the same with Jameis out there from what we've heard. I mean, he was the only real healthy wide receiver, you know, with Thomas hurt, Traquan Smith hurt, Callaway seemed to step up. I think he had three catches in their first game, uh, you know, in the first, what, two drives or three drives that they were out there. So, you know, I I just think Callaway, if – he is a poor man's Michael Thomas for the first few weeks. If I need uh, somebody to plug in there, I think Callaway could do the job. Yep. All right, and then the next round was the Ravens. This is the last round we're going to read because the last two rounds were Real quick, I also think that's like the perfect handcuff strategy at wide receiver if you want to grab Michael Thomas and Marcus Callaway. I th- I, that's a good handcuff uh, strategy for the wide receiver position. Yep. All right, so in round 14, it was the Baltimore Ravens, Rashad Perryman, Terrace Marshall to me, Marlon Mack, Bills defense, Tyler, or Terrell Williams, Washington's defense, Rashad Perryman, or no, Rashad Perryman, uh, Rashad Bateman, the 49ers defense, Sterling Shepard, the Rams defense, and the Colts defense. All right, so. Don't ever think I'd put Rashad Perryman on my damn team. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. But, so Terrace Marshall. Um, I don't know if you guys remember way back when we did the rookie wide receiver breakdowns and I said to you guys, and I remember saying this because I still believe this, the one guy that I look at in this draft class that a lot of people write off and a lot of people don't talk about, and I think could be the best wide receiver in this draft class is Terrace Marshall. Uh, I think you know, the dude is just big, and he looks like a prototypical NFL wide receiver, and he's fast, and he's strong at the catch point, and he does a lot of things that, you know, very good wide receivers do uh, on tape. So I said, uh, you know, and I also said the same thing about Rashad Bateman. I said Rashad Bateman, you know, and Terrace Marshall are two guys that I think, you know, are not going to get the hype of a Chase and not going to get the hype of a Devonta, you know, Smith. But there are two guys that I could clearly see being the best, you know, in this class. Uh, and it would not surprise me. It's probably going to surprise a lot of people, but it's not going to surprise me. And Terrace Marshall last week looked like an NFL wide receiver. Like I, I, And I told you guys, don't be surprised about that. You know I mean, like, the dude is, is going to be good. So, I, you know, I'm excited to draft him super late because that's where he's going. And even if he doesn't pan out for me this year, you know, I have – I think I have a lot of upside with this kid because I do think he is a legit NFL wide receiver. I went with Bateman. Uh, You guys know if you listen to the podcast, I absolutely love Bateman. I love his route running. He's a guy that I think can get open really quick. Um, You know, he's a rookie. He's already banged up. So he's a guy I'm going to have to hold on to kind of, you know, in the Justin Jefferson type of mold from last year where, you know, guys were dropping him and, you know, he got picked up after week two and was, 
a monster after that. I think, you know, with Bateman, it could be a similar thing um, where you just got to kind of ride him out for the first few weeks, see how he does. Don't really drop him until like, you know, maybe week five, week six, if he isn't doing anything at that point, you know, maybe you can, you know, find somebody else better, but, you know, give the rookie a chance to get healthy, uh, work with Lamar Jackson for the beginning of the season. And, you know, I think he's, you know, probably the best receiver, wide receiver that, Lamar Jackson's played with. Yep, I agree. And that we don't really got to get kicked. In. Yeah, we don't got to get into the kicker and defense. So yeah, no. yeah, it wraps up the, the 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 team. Like I said, I I absolutely loved my team. Uh, you know, and if Michael Thomas gets back early in that team in that draft, oh my god, I I will be walking away with that league in my opinion. Um, but. How did you feel about your team, by the way? You know, I I I said how I felt about my team a hundred times on this podcast because I was really excited about it, but it kicked me out. So I would have to go through and look, you know, I mean, at my team. I remember looking at the team and thinking, you know, I have a very well-rounded team. You know, I took a lot of running backs, a lot of wide receivers, um, a lot of guys that I thought had upside. I took, you know, Ryan Tannehill. I thought was my number seven quarterback, um, and I liked, you know, I like my team. I, I don't. I, if I remember correctly, I'd probably give my team like a B. Um, but I, I thought my team has a lot of potential. All right, guys. So there you have it. A little breakdown of a mock that Steve and I did. We'll be back next week uh, on Monday. Uh, we'll start getting into some, you know, potential breakout players for next year. Uh, guys going in the beginning, beginning, mid round, you know, late rounds, you know, guys that could really break out and, and turn your te- turn your seasons around. If, uh, you make, you know, home run picks. Uh, so we'll get into those guys that we think. And until then, peace out guys. Peace family. <laughs>